0: Welcome to Diverse, the podcast for the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog all together at alltogether.swe.org. Are you taking full advantage of your SWE membership? Your membership grants you access to SWE advanced learning for career and life Your membership unlocks free and discounted on-demand content 24 hours a day from around the world. The SWE Advanced Learning also has live learning. With multiple tracks, Advance offers something for every career and every stage of your career. SWE's many offerings feature subject matter experts from a wide variety of thought leaders in STEM and leadership. When you want to skill up, turn to Advance first. Access learning at advancelearning.swe.org. Hi, I'm Rachel Morford,
1: President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. Today, I'm joined by Annette Clayton. Annette serves as the Chief Executive Officer and President of North America Operations for Schneider Electric. She is responsible for driving business strategy and execution of the group's largest operating region, comprised of 30,000 employees that generated sales of more than $8.8 billion in 2020. Annette graduated from Wright State University with a bachelor's degree in general engineering and obtained a master's degree in engineering management from the University of Dayton. She has also completed the London Business School Executive Development Program. Thank you so much for joining us today, Annette.
2: Thank you, Rachel. I have quite the
1: list of questions that I know our listeners are going to be very excited to hear your answers to, so I'll jump right in. Can you start by telling us a little bit about Schneider Electric
2: and your role as North America CEO and President? Yes, thanks, Rachel. Look, Schneider a purpose-built company, and it's one of the reasons that I love the company so much. We believe access to energy is a basic human right. And I think when you think about Snyder, we're best described in how we exist in the world, powering 70% of the world's buildings, half of the hospitals here in the U.S. and, and critical power for critical infrastructure. I mean, even as you and I speak, we're traveling through data centers that are powered by Schneider Electric. And what I'm most proud about is we help customers decarbonize their own businesses through energy efficiency, adopting, you know, more renewable solutions, and driving sustainability across their full value chain. And one of the reasons Snyder has been named the world's most sustainable company by by corporate Knights. I think that's really powerful that
1: electricity and and power are basic human rights. So I really can imagine a lot of our listeners around the world resonate with that. Can you walk us through your academic and professional accomplishments? I listed all of the schools that you've attended and the degrees you have obtained. And I know our listeners, especially from those schools are going to be very interested in what your experiences were like and how did those studies influence your career path?
2: Well, I'm I'm an engineer as as you as you mentioned and I suppose the signs of being an engineer were pretty early in my life growing up on a farm. One of the ways I was able to pay for actually university was, you know, my father and I we 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 built we took an old pickup truck and would tear it apart and you know, fix it, rebuild it, resell it for a profit and this is this is how I paid for school and you know, when you live on a farm you you fix everything yourself so you learn to take things apart and put it back together. And, you know, those moments, those pragmatic moments on the farm and, you know, really manifested themselves, I think, even on the factory floor. When as a process engineer in an automotive factory or a supply chain engineer, you know, building computers or or running all of Snyder's back offices to to even now, I, I think some of those early experiences and in education really really formulated how i solve problems, how i look at problems and and my understanding of, you know, how things actually get done, not on a spreadsheet but, you know, on the factory floor.
1: I know a lot of our previous guests have talked about experiences very similar where they break things down and rebuild them and it sounds like you had a role model in your father who was someone who influenced you.
2: I did. He wasn't an engineer but 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 certainly he knew how to he knew how to fix everything. And so, you know, I had a a mathematical mom and an, and an, certainly an engineering capable dad. And, and they certainly had a lot of influence on me, especially early. And, you know, even today, when I go home, I'm always interested in my dad's latest garage project. And we spent we spent hours in the garage figuring out what he's tearing apart and putting back together. Such a great story. Thank you.
1: Can you tell us about your professional goals as North America CEO and president? What changes would you like to see happen over the course of your time with Schneider Electric?
2: One of the biggest professional goals I've had is to be a lifelong learner. And I know that maybe sounds a little cliche, but I really do believe in taking the experiences you have, the the know-hows and competencies that you've developed and then leveraging them in the next opportunity and the next opportunity. And one of the things I've realized is that people with high levels of learning agility, they actually ramp faster in new roles. they're They're less likely to miss trends that are impacting their businesses. and i I really believe in this concept of of learning because i I think it keeps your mind open at all times. So it's a really, important professional goal that i take the time you know in my daily schedule to to learn and that i surround myself with you know resources that help me to learn whether it's you know relationships with you know academics and thought leaders whether it's you know reading you know particular blogs or or papers i i think that's really important i think the second professional goal i have and really an important one also for me is i take the responsibility of being a talent factory very very seriously and i i try i work very hard to be a net exporter of talent for the broader company and you know you mentioned that north america has 30,000 employees you know it's a large population it's a large part of the company and the more talent density that we can create here the more opportunities we create for the teams here And the more talent we build for the the company. So those really have been two really foundational goals that I've had, you know, during my career. Speaking of being a talent factory, that
1: seems like a way of saying that you really encourage movement amongst your employees at Schneider Electric. Is that something that you would agree with or?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, when I think, take my own example, people people took chances on me they they saw something that that they they gave me roles that i probably wasn't fully ready for and one of the things that i've learned is that you taking chances on talent is not really a risk typically you see great things from people who approach roles from with a new lens with a with a fresh outlook and so keeping people on the move really letting people experience things for the first time, taking chances on people and supporting them is an important factor in the development of talent. And I'm a strong believer that you shouldn't spend too long in any single role, that you need to continue to to, uh, be open to things called special assignments or when, you know, when opportunity knocks, really walk through the door and take the chance to go do something new to expand your experiences, your know-hows, your competencies. And this is, you know, I'm talking about this professionally, but I'm also talking about it personally, whether it's living in a different country or or having an experience, you know, through a holiday or vacation that you wouldn't normally have. I think these, all these broadening things are, are very important in your personal and professional development.
1: So much great advice to unpack in what you just talked about, Annette. One of the things that I think really resonates with me about taking risks on talent or, or taking chances on talent and that not really being a risk is I imagine that that has really influenced the diversity and inclusion at your company. And I'm wondering about your thoughts on how others in the industry can create more diverse, inclusive environments. Within their companies and their teams,
2: in Snyder's case, the DNI commitments really started early, but I think really were amplified in 2005 when I joined Snyder. I was the first woman ever on the executive committee, and our executive committee is 44% female now. I this acceleration of steps I think have been comprehensive everywhere from you know hidden bias training to anti harassment policies to advocacy like like he for she where Jean-Pascal Tricoire our our CEO is has been a big advocate of he for she to the what i call the basics things like gender pay equity you know having a diversity and inclusion board with your most influential leaders in the company on it employee resource groups policies around family leave, child care, adult care, recharge breaks. And then I think most importantly is listening to your employees, measuring what their, what the accomplishments are in the organization. And then, you know, that kind of virtuous circle of continuous improvement. I think there's a lot of things companies can do today to accelerate their d commitments. And you know, at Snyder we've really walked the talk and you see a huge difference from 2005 to today where, you know, half our board is female, half our executive committee is female, you know, significantly more females in our leadership positions. And we are really working hard to have three women on every team because we know that magical number of three really goes from being the expert woman to being a a colleague of another woman to actually having some critical mass that can make a difference in the team dynamics.
1: That's an incredible amount of growth since 2005 and something I imagine everyone at Snyder is very, very proud of. But I imagine that as a woman in an engineering organization, you've faced some obstacles. Can
2: you describe some of those to us and tell us how you overcame them? I think, Rachel, one of the things I've noticed is that there's been a bit this mentality to test women versus believing in women. And I suppose in my career, I've been tested a lot, you know, given the biggest challenges, the hardest jobs. And sometimes it was, you know, I would reflect on that and wonder, you know, why wouldn't always see that in my male counterparts. But You know, on the other hand, it was always an accelerator. And I feel that while I had to be more resilient and determined, it also helped accelerate my career in a large way. And I think that those tests were ways to let me demonstrate my capabilities. There's also one maybe piece of advice that I could give that I was given very young in my career. And it was around feedback because, you know, when you're in these big tests and these big moments and these difficult roles, you are given a lot of feedback. And the piece of advice that I was given was that whenever you get a piece of feedback, assume that you need it. And maybe that sounds obvious, but I think sometimes because we know about gender bias and because we know that sometimes feedback is not well intended, we may dismiss it. And I think if you always start from the position that I need that piece of feedback, I should you know, onboard it. You never lose the opportunity to, to make personal gain and personal improvement. And that piece of feedback probably has served me better than, than any other single piece of feedback.
1: Sounds like it really fits in with your philosophy of being a lifelong learner as well. It can be difficult as a working woman, especially one in a leadership role, to find a healthy work-life balance or blend. What do you do to unwind and disconnect from your professional responsibilities?
2: Well, I don't have children myself, but I'm very involved in my nieces and nephews' lives. And it's somehow the Balance of children in your life that you know don't see you as a CEO or don't see you in your professional environment that keep you quite grounded. And I'll I'll never forget the story because I think it's so fitting. I, the story that Indra Nori told about when she was promoted to CEO of PepsiCo, she had you know obviously she's Indian heritage. She had an extended family at home. Her mother was living with the family. And she called home to tell her mother she'd been promoted to CEO of PepsiCo. And her mother said, well, that's that's great, honey, but we need milk. So be sure and stop on your way home. And I think, you know, isn't that such a fitting story? And somehow we all have those people in our lives that keep us grounded, that tell us the painful truths that really keep us, I think, keep a healthy balance in our lives. And then maintaining your mental and physical health. I mean, you're a professional athlete. You're obviously, you know, running very hard. So creating space to rest your brain, working on other problems. I actually find being a board of director member for other companies quite helpful to sort of look at someone else's problem for a few moments and not only your own problems. And then I'm an avid scuba diver and, you know, hiker and like to be in the outdoors. So these are the ways that I try to keep perspective and balance. Those are great recommendations. How
1: has Snyder Electric adapted to new ways of working over the past year?
2: Rachel, this is an important and in, in current issue, I think, for all companies. And I would tell you that what we've maintained is. That every individual, regardless of where they're working in the company, has their own personal context in facing the pandemic, whether it be, you know, having to do child care, elder care, having other lives responsibilities. And so what we have done is remained as intentionally flexible as we can, realizing that what works for one uh, doesn't work for another. You know, we have some employees. Asking us to open offices to full capacity, so we've we've done that. We have some employees asking to maintain flexibility and working from home, so we've done that. Some need a hybrid environment because they can't always, you know, complete their task. Some need, you know, to be able to work off hours because of personal commitments. And what we've realized is that giving people the flexibility that they need in the times that they need it is really The best approach, and not to try to create a bunch of HR policies that address the human needs of people, especially in this time.
1: And with all of those different alternatives, flexible work arrangements that you just described, I think we've seen across the industries that the traditional career development path has really been disrupted. Do you think that employees can continue to advance their career and build relationships in this? ongoing virtual environment that we're in?
2: I do, and we've created a number of mechanisms to do this. We have something we call the country sounding board, where we take top potentials and we, we assemble them you know, virtually, sometimes physically, depending on the situation. We have created events for people to network. But I think in this era of you know teams meetings and Zoom meetings in this virtual environment, you do need some ability to connect on a human level. And so it's important, I think, to create events that allow talent to network, leaders to network with talent. And so we've been doing that even in COVID in a safe way, obviously. But in some cases, it is important to be together and in other cases it's important to be able to network virtually we've created get to know you videos as one of the ways for talent to introduce themselves to leaders we consider it a best practice and the innovation in these get to know you videos is is actually heartwarming and and really for me it's given me a lot of energy to to meet people, maybe for the first time virtually, where they've created this video, to tell something about themselves, about themselves personally and professionally and and what their career objectives are. so we've we've had to be innovative in creating the environment so that people's careers can continue to progress and move.
1: I love that best practice, the get to know you videos you described. Switching gears slightly, what does career development mean to you? We talked about lifelong learning earlier. And how can leaders help promote career development within their companies?
2: I think the most important thing for me is maybe this concept of when a door opens, you know, having the courage to walk through it. I know sometimes we self-analyze that maybe I don't have every experience I need. Maybe I don't have Every bit of knowledge I need. And I think sometimes we have to trust that we can adapt and learn and surround ourselves with people who can help. And so the best piece of advice I would have is that when opportunity knocks, you know, answer and have the courage. And we know the statistics that, you know, women tend to want to be a hundred percent qualified for a role before taking it, while their male counterpart would maybe only you know would consider the role at 60% qualified and i think this is this puts a lot of impetus on leaders to go out and look for female candidates so one of the things we do is for every role that we have open we force ourselves to go out and find at least two female candidates for the role because many times i find i'm calling women specifically for a role and saying have you considered this role And they won't have considered it because they won't have considered themselves 100% qualified. So I think this puts some responsibility back on leadership to help pull women through that may not see themselves as qualified for the role. And then I think the responsibility on women is to have the courage to take the opportunity when it's presented.
1: Fantastic advice. Thank you so much. I think a lot of our listeners. Who are current engineers either early in their career or mid-career later will get a lot out of that that recommendation to really trust that we can adapt and learn and to to move up those up op- as those opportunities are presented. My last question: if our listeners are interested in a career at Snyder Electric, how can they get in touch?
2: Well, I hope I hope the listeners are interested in a career in Snyder Electric. That would be that would be great because it's It's fun working in this sector, you know, where the energy dilemma, you know, the climate change that we're facing, the internet of things, and really the digitization, decarbonization, decentralization of of energy is really changing probably more rapidly this decade than it has in the previous, you know, five, six decades. So it's an exciting time at Schneider Electric. Our listeners can go to se.com. We have a careers section inside of uh, se.com where they can look at what's available and consider the company and learn about the company.
1: Annette, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I think there was so many amazing nuggets of advice and wisdom in our conversation that our listeners can really do a lot with. I know I personally was fascinated by the fact that, you were the first woman on your executive team. I think that's an incredible accomplishment and all of the best practices that you shared that I think a lot of our companies in different industries can really benefit from. So thank you for taking the time this today.
2: Yeah. And thank you, Rachel, for the, the initiative around the podcast. I think it's really great for all the, uh, the SWE community. I'm Rachel Morford. For all
1: of us at SWE, thanks for listening.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to leave us a review and share this episode with your social network. Thanks for listening.